Rock.com founder Jake Redman and travel junkie Anthony Ryan. Quack. Episode 33 has arrived. One year anniversary special. Slate, click. Has it, has it really been one year? I only have one question. Okay. Why aren't we famous? <laughs> I thought you were, literally thought you were going to ask, where's the reverb? <laughs> No, I was. I'm not even going to go there. I was. I was going to totally avoid it. But again, you bring it up, and I, I'm going to shine a spotlight on it by playing a clip right now. There's a couple of really famous musicians out there, Canadian guys, who have um, studios like BTO that taking care of business. Oh, of course, Bachman Turner Overdrive. There you go. Okay, so he's got a bunch of studios um, all the along Bachman? these. Yeah, the Bachman. <sighs> That's from our debut episode, where co-host and engineer anthony ryan left a little reverb on Use the one engineering of our, term and that was loosely. on your own mic right yeah that was on mine yeah i didn't really listen to it i'm i'm adding it in post so um we didn't actually hear it but um yeah that was a that was a good start to uh, what's been a crazy year what a year it has been 2018 we've had of we've had great guests like brian apple michael parker and Brian Apple again. Brian Apple again. John Robnett. Yeah. John Robnett again. Us. Us. So, oh, and Laura Styles. Right. I think we have, oh, Paula. Uh, Alyssa. Megan. And so many more. Thank you to all our guests from the first year. In the coming year, uh, we hope to have more. Like I'm Brian not, Apple. I'm not, <laughs> and John Robnett. And Alyssa Heimrich. And more. And us. So let's do some travel news, and then you can tell us about your trip to Lisbon. Libsyn. We're not doing that again. We, if you listen to the last episode, it was a funny little joke that we started with calling Lisbon Libsyn. Boy, was it funny. Yeah, it was so funny that we just overdid the joke in the episode. And you want to carry it into episode two, uh, 33. I don't know. Don't we need something that, you know, just we call back to? And that'd be our thing? That's like a one. Letterman only ever did it like through one episode. So I sort of stick to that standard because I'm fine. That old. Uh, so this is kind of cool. BBC Travel ran a cool story the other day. That of Yannick Hade, I think the name is, uh, a local wine merchant or merchant who helps start what's become a tradition in the seaside French village of St. Malo with international appeal. Sinking wine. Tell me about it. Do you sink your wine? I don't know what that entails. The story says that a friend of his who was expecting a new child suggested putting a bottle of wine into the sea to celebrate his or her birth. This was about 15 years ago. Setting aside wine is a common tradition in France, but this was unprecedented. Hade has continued the tradition by placing wine in the sea every year since, and it kind of works. The spot where they drop the bottles maintains the equivalent temperature of a deep wine cellar. So now, every year on the first weekend of June, 100 gourmands and sommeliers from across Europe, or from across France, purchase tickets to experience the phenomenon in person, says the article. Just a tourist? Best you can do is go watch them load up the boat, but St. Malo is worth a visit, it appears with its medieval castles, open markets, restaurants, and a bunch more. I'll put a Chamber of Commerce style video in the uh, the modhop.com post. And they're really turning this into a thing, aren't they? Sinking wine. Yeah. Do you think if we sunk a bunch of wine into the Hudson, it had aged nicely? It would probably be contaminated in within minutes. You just pull it out with syringes stuck into the cork. <laughs> it's like green. Yeah. And that's not algae. Uh, speaking of that, ready to get grossed out? 
Okay, always ready. Uh, and this story seems to come out twice a year, and you'll see it on different news outlets. How gross are airplanes? The Canadian Broadcasting Corporation's Marketplace series investigated which spots on planes are most full of bacteria and other pathogens. The team swabbed many commonly touched areas aboard several planes of Canada's major carriers, Air Canada, WestJet, and Porter. The worst were headrests and seat pockets. Oh, gosh. Both uh, were found with E. coli. Are you serious? Yeah, and uh, other pathogens in some case. E. coli uh, suggests the presence of human fecal matter. Well, thanks. But and, and they didn't quite touch on this, but I think this has been um, addressed in the past. The reason it's on the headrest is people come back from the lavatory. And when you sit down on an airplane, what do you grab? You grab the headrest to sit down. So I think the parts that they're swabbing, which I think were probably the backs of headrests too, uh, you're probably getting a lot of germs that way. Now, is this because people aren't washing their hands? Well, or not washing them good enough, and or they're washing them in the bathroom with plain water. You may know that over the years it's gotten better, but it's been documented that airplane water has been bad in a lot of cases. I see. You are bursting my bubble here. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to ignore all of it. Well, the key is really just sanitize the area area you're in and then uh what the experts that they talked to said was just bring sanitizing wipes with you and then wipe your hands when you get back from the washroom and you can wipe the areas around your seat too yeah that's a good point uh one other thing boarding area partner god save the points reports more positive news from delta airlines the u.s carrier says that they'll add privacy suites to business class aboard their fleet of 767 400 aircraft in the near future similar suites have been a huge hit aboard the airline's new flagship a350 which i have some pictures of i'll post those too we'll be keeping an eye out for the new layout since the 767 has a notably smaller fuselage which could signal a 111 configuration which means one suite on the window one suite on the other window and then just one in the middle instead of two so instead of four across it's three across so i'm not sure exactly if that's the case but we'll see delta says it'll install their premium select seats aboard the 767 as well similar improvements to 777 aircraft are also upcoming but those had been announced earlier jackpot yeah it's nice seven seven seven, (laughs) ah ah vegas reference that's Ah. why i didn't get it so what are those things that we ate the other day? Those were uh, pastries from Lisbon. They are specifically called specifically called pastéis de nata. Okay. Yeah, he didn't have to look that up before he said it. What Just for the about? record. Uh, so we're going to talk about that. These delicious pastries that were flaky on the outside. If you've ever had the little egg custards, uh, they have Chinese bakeries all over the city, and I've had the the custards. They're similar to that, but these are, they just feel more European. The crust is a lot flakier. It's almost like a croissant surrounding an egg cream or an egg custard. Yes, and it's incredibly... It's delightful. It's sweet, Oh, yeah, too. delightful is a good word. Yeah, delightful. Delightful. And we're going to talk about uh, Anthony's delightful trip to Lisbon after like 10 seconds. The Mod Hop Podcast with Jake Redman and Anthony Ryan. Pasteis Genata. That sounds about right. Right? I'll buy that. How's my pronunciation? How how am I supposed to know? I don't know. (laughs) I tried, I tried, uh, you know, cramming Portuguese on the flight readings like, uh, you know, quick little tips and 
uh, things you say. Like <laughs> You were trying to learn the language on the flight over? Yeah. <laughs> um, and there was this one part where it's, uh, uh, you say thank you, obrigado, or obrigada. Now, I had thought that you say, it, you change it depending on who you're speaking to. So I would say obrigado to a man, and then to a female, I'd say obrigada, like thank you. Uh, turns that's, out that's not the case. That's not. The, turns out you say the word depending on who you are. So if you're a male, you say obrigado, you know, or, or you know, you're referring to your, yourself. Obrigado, thank you. So you went there and just confused the hell out of the natives, right? It worked just fine, just peachy when I was talking to, to other guys, guys and. You know, obrigado. And they'd be like, obrigado. <laughs> yeah, this is great. Hey, I speak the language. But then, uh, you know, a few times I would talk to a female and behind the cash register and I'd say, obrigada. And they'd be like, obrigada. And I'm like, you're saying it wrong. What's <laughs> They're like, how well, do you, you not present know your much language? differently than I expected? <laughs> wow. Uh, it turns out I was the wrong one and I had no idea. And I figured this out when I got back. So that whole time I was looking like a complete moron to Well, now the you've got that story. Portuguese. And that's the uh, podcast. Thanks for joining yep. us. See you later. Obrigado. <laughs> Obrigado. <laughs> so tell us about the places you got that wrong. <laughs> well, one particular place, no, uh, was uh, actually, yeah, one place was that pastry spot, Montegaria, which is uh, the most, or one of the most well-known spots that they make those custard pies. Is there a, a, an ideal spot to get those? Is this like the second or third on the list and there's one place? Is there? You know, I think it's, it's kind of like a, a Pats and Geno's thing. Oh, I got you. You know, there a lot of places make them incredibly well. Right. Uh, even the more touristy spots will make decent custard pies. But is it one of those things where you could get it's it's localized, but you could still get it at a Starbucks there? You know, I think so. I don't. I didn't go into a Starbucks. I tried not to, but I'm Why pretty sure you? it's one of those things where it's like you'll find it on like a McDonald's menu or something. Gotcha. Uh, not to say that it is, but there's like multiple places you can get these, and this is. Consistently on the top. Well, whatever this place was, they were magnificent. Even two days later. And delightful. Ah, And they are they were only like one euro each. Well, not, wow, that's and it's an incredible it's deal. deal, too. So uh, aside from that wonderful dessert, uh, did you get to see anything? Did you get to see, did you see castles? It looks like there are a lot of castles. No, there. we just went straight for the custard pie and then went home. That's something that you would do. Again, no, Mod Hop Podcast 33. Thanks for joining us. Yes, welcome. One year later. Uh, but we haven't grown one bit. If you want it, we could talk about food, too. If Yeah, so we were there for five days, four nights, and we stayed in the heart of Lisbon, in the, in the part called Bairro Alto, and that's the place that you go to to party at night. Uh, it's, it's a really windy, you know, uphill, downhill type of area. The thinnest streets, one car can barely fit. And then uh, it, it's just like so, you feel like you're in, in a really old town, and not steps away is the water so it's cool because you could stay there hang out and stay there the whole time if you want well they've all lisbon is also known for its sandy beaches too somehow i know that it's not as popular as some of the other parts of of spain per se like i know that the southern part of spain is probably better known for like summer beaches but like the so the beaches in lisbon there, there really isn't like in proper Lisbon, like a, a beach, if you go to, towards like the outskirts of it, so in, in uh, towns like Estoril and Cascais, which we also oh, went to. Lisbon itself isn't connected to the shore. Yeah, the, the real beach stuff is the south of Portugal, which we did not unfortunately go to. Like uh, It's called the Algarve, like a place like uh, Lagos, you may have heard, where they have the, the caves and stuff. 
That's for part two. Did you go there? We did not. Oh. Uh, well, then why would we have a part two? Trip oh, part anyway. two. Oh, trip. Oh, I see yeah, what you're see? saying. So, yeah, we uh, we did go to this town called uh, Sintra, which is a train right away, about an hour. And there's like all these castles up on the hill. They're really amazing. It's crazy. It's so peaceful out there, too. And is, is it not as heavily... Uh, toured oh it is it is it's just like there's so much more space it's so different than lisbon it's just a little more vast a little more uh yeah sparse yeah and i think uh so unfortunately we got there late in the day so we couldn't necessarily tour the grounds of the multiple castles and but they looked amazing from down below <laughs> i'm actually but then that's me i'm all, i'm usually okay with that i kind of like when i went to prague too it was one of those things where you sort i got to look at the castles but that can be okay if you're unless you're a huge history buff maybe you, you take in one or two but um i just like to look at them don't you yeah i mean that's definitely was slightly disappointing but at the same time it was still pretty awesome just being there just and see seeing them. it and knowing the history um, what uh, these little towns that you went to? Did you get an opportunity to like sample these towns? Yeah. So starting with Kashkaish, which is along the water, you take a train. That's about forty-five, fifty minutes westward of Lisbon, and they. It's sort of like um, like like a vacation town where uh, I guess tourists from other parts of Europe go, and you kind of have that feeling, but still, it still feels like Portugal. You know, it's not like completely uh, touristy there. Great restaurants places to get wine and hang out and that place is really cool because if you keep walking further out of town and it's still not that this long is like, yeah Kashkaish, like 20 minutes there's like this these awesome like cliff wall, uh, walls uh this place called boca do inferno oh that's the this, gates of yeah, hell right the mouth of hell or the mouth of hell yeah it's pretty cool yeah. so yeah there's places to see and do and hang out like people you could hang out at that in that town for days if you wanted is it like a, one of those big small towns where it's really spread out but no it's pretty small oh, really? i would say but plenty to do huh plenty to do i think uh now does it, does it carry with it the the sort of grittiness i know you you had told me earlier that lisbon's grittier than you expected does that For carry sure. out into these smaller towns um it didn't feel that way it, when you're in L lisbon and you're walking around downtown lisbon you'll feel it i mean you'll see it uh it does seem like it's uh there's a lot of graffiti seems a little more run down, but in reality, I think they just sort of embrace the look right. and are just like, hey, get over the look, and then you'll see what the, the real beauty of Enjoy Lisbon. the inner beauty yeah, of our and town. That's what I, I did. I, yeah. you know, I, try, I didn't think of that as you know, any Corny is that negative. sound that's real. You know, it's, just go there and enjoy what's, what you're there for. And, and, totally. You know, I mean, there's still plenty of beautiful things to see there. Yeah, and if you go... Be prepared to bring your walking shoes and walk a lot because uh, it is hillier than I ever imagined. I've been to San Francisco a couple of times and it doesn't even hold a candle. I'd never imagined Lisbon being that hilly, but and best I've done is like been to the airport and flown over it, and you you don't see it from up there. But uh, but people have told me it's hilly, but I never expected it to be so hilly that you would come back and be like, dude. Yeah, I came back and uh, I'm walking to work in New York, and I like got to work in record time because I'm so. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're like, basically sprinting. sprinting. <laughs> My strides are so long now. But it felt like a walk in Lisbon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now it's it's great. There's different parts of town. Like I said, we stayed in Bairro Alto, which is more of like like a tighter scene. There's a place like Alfama, which is also very hilly. What do you mean a tighter scene? Like tighter walking. Oh, I see. Wise. Oh, I see. Uh, like if that you go, scene was tight. Right. Yeah, it was tight actually. Oh, okay. 
you go down to like Comercio Plaza, yeah. it's it's a little more spread out a little bit. There's um, this place that you should check out if you go called the Time Out Market. Uh, Time Out's that magazine and based in England. Right. That's, I, you see in a lot of major cities, Time Out New York, Time right. Out Lisbon. Yeah, so they, they took over the rights to this one market and made it all Was it like a different nicer. market before? Or was it just a general market? I think market it was just a general and market, and then they just sort of gave it a facelift. Threw their name on Plastered their name all over the place. Yeah. But that market is actually, it has quality food. You'd think sometimes those markets are like all like bland and sort of commercialized, but they had some really good food there. Uh, there's this uh, one spot if you want to get really good seafood, you got to go to Ramiro. That's uh, like the some of the best seafood in Lisbon, just like heaps of shrimp and prawns and crab and lobster. Well, and you told me it was really, it was inexpensive too. Yeah, that's the thing. Actually, so Ramiro was great. Right. Then we went to Cascais and we went to another spot to have like a seafood platter. And that place is actually right on the water. And I thought it was going to be expensive as heck. It's called Baia do Peixe. Mm. Uh, I believe I'm getting that right. It's, it's like a rodizio, if you ever had Brazilian rodizio. They gave you like this gigantic plate of seafood, and it, for four people, we ate, and we were all full, and it was less than 40 euros a person. This would have been three times as much in New York. And the food, that was the best meal of the trip over in Cascais. So that, that says something when we go to a vacation town and say that that's the best meal, because... You'd think like some of those are also like not as authentic. Yeah, a little. But pricey. that place definitely was. But yeah, uh, I thought Lisbon was great. The people were very nice. Tell me, tell me real quick about the uh, the Pink Street again. That that was that looked fascinating to me because that seems to be the hangout area in Lisbon, yeah. and it's sort of open air. Are there are there bars lining the streets? Is that what it is? Yes, there are. There are bars and clubs, and there might be sort of, uh, a seedier environment located there too. Oh, <laughs> but around I did not the corner partake. where the red lights are. So I we walked around there. My buddy and I we just took a stroll after midnight just to see he should, he had already been there a couple of days so he was like showing me what's what in preparation this is where if i were talking about this you'd break into eric clapton yeah after midnight anyway <laughs> i was gonna that say is eric clapton isn't it yeah anyway. uh, but okay continue. right so we just walked through pink street uh it's like closer to the water and it's literally literally colored pink the street now the you can drink in that open area so you can bring your drinks outside the bar. Does it? Do you have to stay within the confines of the Pink Street? Is that why that exists? That's just no, my guess. No, it, it's actually very loose. I saw people with drinks on other streets in their oh. hands. Uh, in Bairro Alto, there's tons of bars, and people are just on in the streets drinking. And so it's, it's like open container everywhere. No big deal. Yeah. yeah, I feel like they don't really crack down on that there, no, I uh, among other things. Yeah. Uh, but Pink Street, we also passed by on a Friday night and Friday apparently is the time to party uh, after the bars close or start nearing you know the time to close people head over to Pink Street and continue partying till the wee hours of the morning I did not do that my friends did and they came back and regretted it so, of course uh, but you'll you will see a lot of tourists at Pink Street because they know about it you know so you'll you'll hear people with British accents Australian accents 
French accents, things like that. Uh, did your friends get a story out of it at least, or uh, did, was it just a bad? None hangover? that I could tell on air. Yeah. Well, that sounds like a good story to me. I don't know. <laughs> right now, was was there anything that was unexpected that you didn't like about Lisbon? Was there something that that kind of irked you, or 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 didn't feel right? Well, it, so nothing made me feel off about the place, but there are certain things that I know would put some travelers off. And uh, besides the fact that there's a lot of walking involved, I mean, just start exercising now. <laughs> get your trainers on and yeah. start working now uh but the other thing is that people if they know that you're a tourist the people selling drugs will come up to you and kind of like pester you and i brought my new york with me so i knew to just ignore them but they'll come up to you and they'll they will be like up front they'll be like marijuana cocaina which is do they come right at you with that or do they sort of work, work most get of the into time, it first? <laughs> this one time, this one guy came up to me and he's, it was like broad daylight and around a ton of people, you know, and he's like, hey man, do you have a cigarette? And I'm like, no, sorry, don't smoke. And he's like, do you want cocaine? I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> That's it. They get you to talk so they know you speak English yeah. or they know you're, they can tell you're a tourist. I've I, seen I that like, here it, too. I got roped in. But, yeah. you, and that guy was actually kind of persistent. But I kept smiling and saying, no, thank you, no, thank you, no, thank you. I know that could ruffle a lot of people's feathers because they don't know how to react to that, you know? It's like, if you've been that? in New York long enough, too, that you, you sort of have a way of, of avoiding that or just sort of walking right by it. But when you're caught like that and you get duped into, like, falling into that, you just yeah. feel... It's like there's, like, a guilt. You get, like, ah damn it, I fell for it. Like yeah. you just, you can't live that down with, it's It's sort of, I almost, yeah. I think I'd bring that to my therapist. Like I just, I got duped by, it happened to me on the train one time, this guy, you know, he's looking over at me and I'm kind of like, I'm kind of like, oh, this guy, he's, he's going to ask me for something if I look over there. <laughs> and then he just, without me looking over there, he goes, hey, do you know what time it is? And I look at him, I'm like, oh, it's like, well, oh, and as soon as I turn my head, I like, no. And so he comes over and starts pestering me and trying to, I don't know, he wrote, you story. He wrote me in. He but you, you in the, just that moment, that sinking feeling, like you fell for it. <laughs> so, but yeah, so I know how you felt in that moment. But, um, but if I suppose that's just something you want to go prepared for. And I think if you're not used to that, if yeah. you don't say live in New York City or you don't live in some place where that's a, a common occurrence, you might want to just learn to keep your head yeah, down. Just, and keep just prepare yourself to say no a lot to people. Yeah. They're going to find you. There's no way around it. Because it's going to seem friendly. Yeah. yeah. But hey, unless and, you're trying to buy cocaine. I mean, and even if you are looking for that stuff, don't trust the people in, in those areas because where do you get your cocaine stuff. in Lisbon? Well, there's a part of Lisbon. <laughs> just we don't Google it, guys. The use of cocaine, terrible drug. Yeah, what what you will enjoy is the food and how affordable it is. The seafood is abundant and it's fresh. It's delicious, and uh, there's some t- amazing sights to see. Like uh, if you go to the Castelo de, uh, de St. George. <laughs> I, was gonna say, I started in Portuguese and I was like, ah, uh, just gonna... just go with the. Uh, yeah, English so version. that place is like the best perch for the panoramic views of the city. You can see the bridge, you can see the water, you can see, you could really see how uphill, downhill, and and mountainous it is. Oh, you can really see the city from there. Yeah, so that's the and, spot. And, it, and the castle itself is amazing. Uh, where was I going to go next? I don't Our know, question, but I'm doing but a dance. I forgot it. Oh, stop dancing already! Is that the K-pop dance? Which no, one is that? That's the Lisbon dance. Oh no! All right, the Pink Street dance. Did you have more to say about Lisbon? Yeah, there okay. is a vibrant, upcoming. 
uh, cocktail bar scene that we happened upon because my one buddy Michael Parker, who has been you on the show, happened upon a whole scene. He didn't happen. He he did research. This guy does oh, research that's... everywhere. We went to a couple places. Uh, one of them was Palacio Chiado. They have these these amazing drinks that are are so delicious. This one drink tasted like pureed kiwi. It was amazing. Right. And this other place called Cinco, which is like at the tip of the Bayer Alta area. Like, the drinks are just insane. They take five to eight to ten minutes to make. Like, who has the time? So, I was going to say, if you want to wait five to ten to eight minutes for a drink. That's the thing. You feel like your drink is is all that effort put into it, and it tastes even more. Like, just... That's the kind of place that wouldn't survive in New York for a minute because it, it would people would get so mad they had to wait that long it, it to make a drink off. and then they spend so much time making the drink. I don't know. I would have to. You would have to open that in the outskirts where nobody goes. Yeah, that's the thing because there are cocktail bars here, but I feel like they get you know bombarded with people that they have to churn them out quicker. Yeah, even though they do take time to make. But this place, it wasn't like completely full, but it's not like they cared because. When you ordered the drink, they would take their time with it. The one guy was like, you know, doing the fancy like back and forth between the cups thing uh, for like, I don't know, 10 times. I was like, I was expecting him to stop. Did you find it at all gimmicky at all? Somewhat, but I think the presentation just added to the whole feel. Yeah. That's what these cocktail bars typically do. One of the things I noticed, he showed me a video of, of... The guy, he lit some marshmallows on fire, and then he <laughs> covered them with a bunt cake top uh, and the drink. It was I'm like, surprised you had a like word a, for that. Yeah, you know, bunt cake top. It's yeah, like the but thing. I wouldn't it's have almost, thought of that. Yeah, maybe not a bunt cake. It's one of those round cake things, and then he puts it on top, and you can see the smoke fill up the thing, and it's supposed to be the essence of marshmallow that gets into the drink. What I want to know is, did you taste the essence of marshmallow <laughs> in your drink? I definitely smelled it. Okay. <laughs> but if that wasn't my drink. That was... Michael Parker's. I think it's really the experience the that you're, you're catered to. I want to have Michael Parker back on the show and like just if his <laughs> new favorite drink is like marshmallow essence uh, martinis or something like that or Irish coffees, then <laughs> then I'll then I'll buy into this. But um, no, it, it, some of it does seem a little excessive. But it's like you know what, this is freaking. That's awesome. fine though. I like that. There's a place in in Florida that I like to go to just because they light the bananas flambe on fire because it's flambe. They take it to your table and they chop up some bananas. And, oh, bananas Foster, and then they lay light it on fire. You're bar table and i like a gimmicky thing yeah, every yeah, once in a while if there's a polynesian vibe <laughs> you know why not or a lisbony vibe lipsony lips lisbony there we go again there we go it's not gonna end <laughs> oh and last thing is that it's it's fairly easy to get around like metro wise there's also the uh the the, the trolleys right the above ground trolleys and then the actual trains so the go. public transportation is right good. not yeah. easy to get around on foot, no. if you're sorry, yes. woefully out of shape like I am. Yeah, let, let me rec- <laughs> Yeah, You're right. <laughs> okay. I was just clarifying because we already went over that it's not easy to get up and down the hills all that much. But um, yeah, let cool. the public transport do it for you. Well, happy, f- f- I was going to say third anniversary, but we're not there. Happy first anniversary to the yeah, Mod Hop podcast. We're way off. Th- yeah. Third anniversary? I don't know. We're on our 33rd episode. So the threes were throwing me off a little. Threes thrown. Threes thrown. Great time. You should go. If you have any questions about Lisbon, ask Anthony in the comments of the ModHop.com page or SoundCloud page or wherever the heck you listen. Spotify? Does Spotify have a comment section? Probably not, but you can email us too. Hit us on social media at ModHop or at just at ModHop, Twitter and Instagram.
Very nice. I had to think of the social networks. Man, we All are right. on point for our anniversary episode. Yeah, our heavily edited first anniversary special. Yeah. Where's the confetti? Obrigado. Obrigado.